listen to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. They're wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking back the under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta keep the work together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gon' do it like, like us? Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking back the under pressure, yeah. Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Karee Robertson, alongside my sound man extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And we return for episode 233. Welcome back to the studio, everyone. Yeah, what's going on? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh, yeah, you been getting into anything interesting this week? Uh, yeah, I've just been watching some anime. I've been uh, caught up on, um, uh, uh, what's the name of that thing? Uh, Demon Slayer? Caught up on Demon Slayer, okay. uh, the, the newest arc. So, oh, yeah, they that, released that it? Okay. was pretty lit. Nice. Yes, it's way old. It was that came out, I think, last season. Oh, nice. Yeah, I didn't want Demon Slayer is too good to be watching week to week. I can't, I can't handle that, bro. So no. I just, I just waited till it was done to watch the whole thing, and that shit was pretty epic. Pretty, yeah, that's the preference the for thing, sure. Actually, what made me watch it is, um, I stumbled on this one YouTuber. His name, I think, his name is CJ the Champ, but he makes <laughs> a lot of um, like hood video, hood, hood related videos or. A hood person's take on anime videos, mm-hmm. and so he has um uh, he has this one thing called uh, the Round Table of Black Air Force Energy. There's <laughs> um, villains all around. I know it. <laughs> oh no, no, not definitely not. It's 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 the Black it's Air like Force half Energy? and half. It's 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 not all. It's anime, so villains aren't always gonna get. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's anime, so everybody everybody's wild, not just the villains. And in this one specifically, like, um, it was actually, it was talking about Nezuko, and he said, like, he kicked her in the back and he made her sound like a creaky door, and she literally was like, ah, and she got kicked in the back, and I was like, all right, nigga, I gotta watch this shit. And it was, it was solid. It was, it was definitely super, just as good as season one. Now, actually, I think it was better because Zenitsu was ha- asleep for, like, I would say almost half uh, pretty much the second half of the uh the season he was asleep so as you know that means he's in badass mode the entire time and he's not screaming and whining like a little bitch so that was that was really good um the fights were dope the new characters they interesting were pretty awesome they, int- they introduced were pretty awesome and yeah that was it demon slayer was pretty pretty gangster yeah that show's pretty consistent it always hits yeah <clears throat> definitely yeah uh i i haven't watched uh mugen train yet but I, I definitely want to watch that. I know that's old. That's even older than the last arc that they released. But I have a lot of catching up to do with that. I've only watched the first season. Yeah, it's good, man. Mugen Train was pretty dope too. It was. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't watched too much. I, I actually I haven't watched anything. Like I'm uh, pretty much saving up for Moon Knight, which is coming out next week. Nice. So I'm not sure if I'm going to watch that on release week or if I'm going to wait a little bit. Depends on how many episodes they put out. But um, that I'm looking forward to. But uh, I did watch some of that uh, Guardians of Justice. Oh, what'd you think? Uh, it's pretty middling exactly. uh, right now. <laughs> it, it, my problem is, is that it, it there's too many good parts for the parts that didn't hit to not have been intentionally done that way, and that just feels lazy. Which is like because there's like the animations are really awesomely yeah. done, I and love you know how honestly, they integrate them. Uh, well, see, that, that's kind of rough for me. It is a little bit like, it, it's like being on a on a boat that's never settling because <laughs> of the animation inserts aren't consistently one style of animation. Mm-hmm. So, it it was a little bit rough. I did if I were to take those individually and watch them as five minute shorts, 
I would enjoy those. You know what I mean? But trying to watch an entire episode and trying to put a continuity together in my head, it, it was a little bit rough. That was that was hard. Um, the storyline was really good. I mean, it's a standard Death of Superman um, um, detective uh, novel. So I am a fan of those. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, so that that hit with me. Uh, and the characters, though generic, had their own little personality to them. But you know what? And, I, and, and that's what I was going to say. I blame the director. Because if all the parts are good and they're not put together well, isn't that the director's job? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think it's bad direction. Um, because, yeah, everyone was playing their part, but they didn't. And a matter of fact, it, it, it's so funny because I was just about to say it felt like they were all acting in different directions. <laughs> and, yeah, they never felt like they were acting in the same room. You know what I mean? Even if they were in the same shot. And it was just it was just a little bit weird. You know what I mean? Which makes me feel like that was the direction they were given because who doesn't play to the people? You know what I mean? Like, how does your scene seem to be moving apart? You know? <laughs> and so, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, there, there was a ton of things that I liked about it. But it was it was too herky jerky of a of a of a ride for me to be like, yep, I want to sit down and binge this. Like, no, <laughs> I might come back to that if I'm in dire need of something to watch. But um, yeah, and, and and as I said, I the reason why I'm kind of hard on it is because it feels like it was lazy because you can't have that many good parts and like they it, it's not like time and effort wasn't put into those parts. You know what I mean? So you can, you know, and when it comes to Netflix, I have a very high expectation from them. You know, they they have time and budget. You know, and and that was another thing is is like they went for campy, but just came yeah, off a low budget. <laughs> and I and that I, it's like mm, campy's not low budget. You know what I mean? They're not the same thing. And so that's why I was a little bit uh, upset at that uh, characterization, um, or at least how they depicted that part because it could be done right. And I'm not a I'm not a hater on camp. I just they didn't do that. They didn't hit with that. So yeah, you know, I think that Netflix might have just like, and and I can imagine changing out directors is different than changing out actors. Like that's a really integral piece to kind of try to switch out. And so when they got the finished product and was like, ah, shh, uh, well, I guess we're gonna go with it. <laughs> it's like I don't think this is what this is not what we wanted you to do, but you've already done it. So here we are. You know what I mean? And and I and there I can imagine it's not it does not pay to reshoot and it definitely was not bad enough to scrap. So yeah. That's that's my my general uh feelings of <clears throat> Guardians of uh Guardians of Kaka. <laughs> Guardians of Justice. I'd recommend you finish though. The ending is pretty strong. See, and, and, and that's what I feared, man. I was like, I bet you uh, the story is, is really, like, solid. Yeah, the story so, develops into something actually pretty interesting by the end. And I was like, oh, shit, but, I did you know, not see that coming I at all. I just don't buy Louis C.K. as Batman. As Louis C.K. <laughs> Does that not up. look like Louis C.K. as Batman? <laughs> that's fucked up. I mean... <laughs> They they marginally look alike, I guess, but uh, DDP has a lot more hair for me. So. Oh, that's right, that's DDP. DDP My has bad. way more. I didn't hair. mean to 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 sully the man's name like that, but it was just, I I it, he, 
I'm more familiar with him when he's like tone and like wrestler and looking like somebody who could be Batman. You know what I mean? So to see him in his older, kind of more gruff phase, I'm just like, oh, man. And his Batman voice is a little bit janky. <laughs> I think that's what they were going for, though. And he still looks, he's, DDP still looks like a looks like a wrestler. It's probably just the bulky costume. Yeah. It, well, it, it, yeah, The the I think they purposely made him look washed up. Yeah. Wasn't that the goal? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty <clears> sure they were. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't really want to spoil nothing because the way it ends, like I, his character makes sense. And and not for nothing, I liked how it, it was clearly obvious that like the just the quote unquote Justice League was supposed to take care of the world, but like only half of them had power. So like, what the fuck do you want us to do? Like, what do you really expect us to do in the face of world issues? You know what I mean? Like that nigga was extraordinary you know what i mean what was the name marvelous man yeah marvelous man was extraordinary and that's how he was able to do that job like you know we're gonna pale in comparison but you know do using your powers he, he devised a plan that might not have did everything perfectly but managed to keep the world together yeah you know what i mean in in marvelous man's absence and so you know i give him credit for that and i always do enjoy that that aspect of um of the superhero genre is and and this goes back to Kind of like I started really enjoying this kind of subgenre of <clears throat> of disaster slash superhero movies. Like when I was watching Shin Godzilla, the one where they were following like all of the um, administrators and what's going on behind the scenes when Godzilla attacks. Mm-hmm. It was like I kind of like the, the 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 mechanics, the the what's going on in that part. Like the action is awesome. Definitely want to see the monster fight. That goes without saying. But I also definitely enjoy the 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 more administrative end. <laughs> But yeah, so I can imagine that the uh, the, the I, I had a strong feeling that it was going to stick the landing story wise. It's just could I continue to enjoy the the cinematography as those are presented? Did you meet uh, Little Wing yet? Yeah, <laughs> Little Wing is hilarious, bro. Straight psychopath. What about bro. the Robin, dude? Why yeah, is Robin, Robin Rambo? Hilarious. Robin is Rambo essentially, he is so right? Fucking funny. Like testosterone fueled, oh man! Over the, the top. That's the best take on Dick Grayson I've ever seen. <laughs> Fucking, just absolutely like hates that dude, which is completely. Oh yeah, understandable. and he hates. Oh my completely goodness, completely understandable. Everyone's animosity towards. And the worst part is, is like at this point in his life, at his in his life, he doesn't seem that hateable. You know what I mean? It's like, what did you do to these people that caused you to to cause them to have such vitriol towards you, bro? Like. That's hilarious. But yeah, they all they all definitely have no qualms towards like letting him know, like, fuck you, bro. Pretty much. Pretty much. They're like, hey, you just a nigga in a suit with some technology, bro. <laughs> and not even good technology. Right? But unfortunately, he just like the real Batman, don't let that fool you. He's not to be fucked with. No, clearly not. <laughs> He's not to be fucked definitely with. Definitely not. Like, if him and Mr. Mar- Marvelous Man were best friends, it was probably good reason. But yeah, and I like how in every universe they're always shitting on the Aquaman character, bro. Without fail, bro. They. I'm a king of the sea. You will respect me. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, bro. We're not gonna do that. We're not doing that. Oh uh, shit. Because what are you gonna do? Like, all I gotta do is stay out of the water, bro. Right. But he's like, what are you gonna talk some fish? The only one who's ever given um, the Aquaman archetype uh, some respect is uh, Dan Harmon in Rick and Morty with uh, <laughs> m- uh, Mr. Nimbus. Jason Momoa does a pretty good job too. Yeah, but Especially they they, the, they, um... they they tried to fuck up his character. The first go round, <laughs> they made him into like Ultra Trad Fishman, and that was kind of whack. 
Now, Zack Snyder's uh, Aquaman, yeah, Zack Snyder's fucking about. Aquaman is a beast. It's the one I mean. It's the yeah. one that's surfing on uh, uh, parademons. Your bird, you know what I mean? Riding them to their doom. Yeah, surfing on parademons in the sky. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so we're never going to respect Aquaman. Just, just pretty much. Thing. You know, we're always going to throw trash much. into the sea and pretty we're going to forget much. about it. <laughs> That's rude as fuck. But yeah, no. Um, yeah, I, I definitely will attempt to, to finish it out. It just might take me a little while to get around to it. Um, but yeah, Guardians of, uh, of Justice w- was a ride. Um, I didn't watch anything else though, so we'll just head on into some of these here topics, dude. The fucking news has been inundated with nothing but Ukraine and uh, uh, Judge Jackson's confirmation hearing. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> I mean, that is what's happening. That, but uh, yeah, that's all. Like, oh my gosh, like the the preponderance of it. It it's really uh shitty what happened to the news cycle in the early two thousands. Because the way that they plaster a single story all over the headlines came the fever pitch around then. Like, 2001, that was like, all right, they they will run these bylines for, for weeks on end, you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah nonetheless... It's the know. equivalent of um, uh, uh, fucking microtransactions in video games. It's just the, capitali- Domin- the yeah. capitalistic effect on news. Yeah, you know, whatever... whatever, whatever ki- uh, generates the most harvestable mm-hmm. resource. You know what I mean? We want clicks. But yeah, um, there was some uh, interesting things going on. So I remember uh, talk, excuse me, talking about Comixology a little while back um, in terms of them trying to do a digital platform uh, for comics. And they were, you know, very much... The legacy comic industry and the new comic industry still very much overlap. And so the the people at Comixology decided to take the route of let's try our very, very best not to compete with them. Why don't we all play to our strengths? Since we already as writers and, and, and publishers and, and letters and 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 uh, and artists have Notice that the industry is is trending towards hyper specialization anyway. Why don't we just not compete with them in the markets that they are already uh, hyper specializing in? Because a we can't compete with them anyway, and b it's going to cause them to react negatively to us whenever you know our our, our audiences run up into their audiences. You know what I mean? And so. Uh, Comixology is uh, working with a lot of the the publishers, the people who print out like Marvel and DC books, um, outside of uh, on the physical end, so that they can not compete with them in terms of in terms of IP launches and things of that nature, and in terms of uh, so they uh, they utilize the digital platform for different serialization models. So instead of using like, you know, you don't have to launch every comic book on a weekly format. Some comic books or some graphic novels are better off uh, serialized biweekly or bimonthly or even um, sequentially. It's it's or or biyearly. So, you know, um, you know, they're utilizing the digital platform to take over that end of the market rather than compete with the physical publishers who are still trying to maintain the old legacy model of 
weekly serialized comic books. And that just is, is such a better business model. And it also opens up the 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 um, the market for indie uh, um, content creators to get uh, onto a platform that is more geared towards their their the type of distribution that whatever their particular um, book needs. And so yeah, it's I, I really laud these guys, and it's funny because we were just talking about Zack Snyder, um, one of the very prevalent. Um, uh, indie creators right now is Scott Snyder, who has done work with DC, Marvel. Scott Snyder is all over the place. He's had good runs on both sides of the um, uh, uh, of the DC Marvel debate, and even in his indie um stuff has been doing really well. And so he's been really spearheading this push with Comicsology, and it's been I, th- I think it's a really great business model to have, and also it's a great it's a great model for other industries to show how you can transition into a a more modern business model without competing detrimentally with the legacy uh, producers of whatever, you know, industry you're in, you know, the, the competition model, while it is very, you know, it's kind of culturally ingrained into people. It actually is not always the one that produces the most efficiency in a market. And, and comic books are, are are turning out to be a great example of this. And there's other um, mediums I think that are, could take a, a kind of a you know a little bit of a um, page out of this book when it comes to transitioning into um, into new more technologically advanced mediums. Um, music I think could could take a page out of out of this book because as artists are are looking for more and more um, platforms to to uh to kind of distribute their music and still retain some type of ownership and um monetization you know the, they might want to take the model of well we can't compete with these people but maybe we can still we can produce within our niche and the platforms that do that you know can 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 flourish without having to directly compete with the legacy model because I don't know if they're ever going to beat out the legacy model, you know? Yeah, that's a don't know. <clears throat> uh, I really don't think that that's going to happen. <clears throat> but, yeah, you know, and, I mean, every almost every industry. Look look at the fossil fuel industry. The fossil fuel industry could absolutely take a page out of existing with a new, more technologically advanced, you know, uh, 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 competitor in a market. And, you know, I, I just hope that this can be something that, is extrapolated and and kind of in, assimilated into the culture of of how to transition large industry, you know. But yeah, that I thought was interesting. And then I was also looking at some of the stuff that was going on with Sony um and Square Enix and the abysmal launches of their um games as a service model um uh IPs and I think and 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 as I was just saying like industries grow and change and very rarely are they going to grow and change in directions that you might personally like, you know what I mean? But that doesn't inherently mean that they can't be productive. And, you know, the games as a service model, as much as I personally dislike it, it, the industry keeps on trying to push it. And if it's something that they're going to keep on pushing, 
I think that they really need to to get a hold on what the issue is and why they're failing. And I think that part of why they're failing is that they don't want to do the groundwork of building up an IP, a, a single player IP, I mean, not a multiplayer IP. Just build up a game that people love that you can then bring into a games as a service model. They refuse to do the work of creating a environment like MMOs. I think every successful MMO had a offline community prior. Um, I don't think that I don't think EverQuest is going to count. It was one of the biggest, but it didn't have the longevity. You know what I mean? All of the 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 MMOs that have the 10, 20 mainstream years of 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 longevity behind them all were born from IPs that had strong offline single player IPs that grew a community of people that then became the core community of their of of their games as a service model and then you know if you look at Destiny Destiny started with Halo the Halo community loved what what uh destiny had to do to evolve on the game that they liked and so they they carried the online community with them you know uh it's call of duty battle all of these started as offline games created their community you know what i mean and if they want if they're not willing to take the franchises that they've established already like if you don't want to like take your your really popular um um franchises and turn them into games as a service um uh, types of IPs, then I don't think that they're going to find the the success that they're looking for over long periods of time without that. You know, because part of what that that offline single player experience does is that it generates new players from the old from from um from new video game players in general. You know what I mean? Like as people get introduced into video games. They're introduced mostly to offline. Well, I don't know. It might be different today, but you know, a lot of times they're running. They're going to 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 gravitate to the simpler games before they get into those big online environments. And if you're not engaging with them during that, I don't think that you're going to be able to create the kind of of fervent community that a World of Warcraft once had, or that a Final Fantasy uh, fourteen has, or as a destiny or a call of duty like these are these communities persist not solely because of the games as a service side of the ip and you know i i, I would really you know if they want to make it work because the thing is is that just like everything in capitalism the first couple iterations will be trash they'll be expensive and then over time they'll be forced to refine it as people accept that model and so you know, it, I you know if they're gonna do it, I hope they get a bead on on how to market these IPs properly to to get the kind of player bases they're looking for, so that they can have the kind of longevity that they need to get to the place where they're producing a better model. You know what I mean? I'm really I, I you know as much as I despise that 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 form of of monetization or that that's that uh, style of of gameplay it is what it is and if they're going to make it work they need to get you know get a hold of it and that's one of the main things i think they need to do is realize that they have to do the groundwork you know what i mean they can't just throw 
Babylon's fall into the air and expect people to love it so much that they're going to stick through the shitty phase of it, you know what I mean, to get to the phase where it gets better. You know, I don't think that's how it ever goes, you know. And so, yeah, that's 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 one of those things that whether or not they, they, they choose to pick up on it, I think that's a, a, a linchpin of that that um business model that <clears throat> unless they get a hold of it, they're never going to be successful the way they want to be. But yeah, I thought that that was uh, interesting. Um, speaking of uh, of Bungie and, uh, and and Destiny, so I don't know who was responsible for this at Bungie, but evidently they hired a uh, company to a third party company to watchdog their IPs online to make sure that they're not getting they're not that no one's violating their DMCA uh, uh, um, rights. Needless to say, within hours of them uh, initiating this, every single Bungie product on YouTube was DMCA strike. <laughs> and the reason why I know it was every single one is because the ones that Bungie placed online were stricken as well. Everything for Destiny and 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 Bungie products uh, came down under strike, and it was like. I don't know if that was. I doubt that. I don't even think they hired a company. I think what they did is, is they automated the DMCA strike uh, process and ran it, and so that's why it went uh, on such a muck and did not and indiscriminately took them down. Whether they were verified content creators, like people they paid to make content, had the stuff they paid them to make got, get taken down. You know what I mean? Like the, the, it was. A, there's no way that a human did this, in my opinion. Like that. That's such a old. That's such a sweeping mistake. Like humans usually make mistakes, you know, intermittently, not that consistently. You know what I mean? Like that shit was like, oh no, across the board, it all came down, and and so yeah, it was one of those things that immediately the content creators were up in arms because they since they were unaware that Bungie was doing something with their um with their DMCA system, they thought that they were legitimately getting strikes and, and, and their accounts were getting, you know, were getting warnings and things like that. And, you know, as a content creator, that that's, that's very important to them because they don't have a, they don't have a lot of those chances before they get their accounts canceled. And it just looks bad. You know what I mean? And so they were going back and forth. And so I, I jumped onto one of the um, legal advice channels that um that I like to go to and one of the lawyers there was was talking about it and it was interesting because it's something that i th i thought about in the early stages of streaming but just assumed that it couldn't be working the way that i thought it was and so streamers broadcast games as they play them and there's this arbitrary guideline quote unquote that most companies use well i know sony uses this but i'm not sure if um if Nintendo and other big companies that that uh, regulate streamers use this, but it's like an eighty twenty rule, like as long as you are uh, displaying something over twenty percent of the screen and you're talking for twenty percent of the time over it, then it'll be considered fair use. But there's no licensing behind this. There's no there's no licensing that allows you as a purchaser of a game to to uh to broadcast 
images of that game on the internet. And actually, if you read the, the, the end user license agreement for software for most video games, it explicitly tells you you cannot do that. So I always thought, like, you're not supposed to do that. Like, in the early game days of video games, like, it was it was very known. Like, you shouldn't record games. Like, it, it, it's bad form, and you can get in trouble for that. But yet people were streaming in a much higher fidelity than was going on when I was younger. And the companies were okay with it. And that's when I became familiar with this idea of the, the 80-20 and the guidelines and so forth. But there is no legal protection for people who stream content if the person or the entity that owns that, that, that game or software decides they don't want you to stream it. You don't have any rights as a streamer, and and that really does suck. I didn't. I was unaware of that. I figured that at some point the content became the streamers, as long as, uh, or as long as they were within the guidelines, then they themselves would be able to to maintain um, intellectual property over that stream content. But evidently, legally, there's nothing. And so going back to my what I was really talking about with Bungie, they you know whatever person or bot took down everything and 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 gave people and and uh, initiated DMCA strikes against everyone who posted whether they had permission or not. And so some people decided that they wanted to see what legal recourse they had and it was hard on them to find out they have none. Not based on the Twitch terms of service, not based on the the end user license agreement for the software that they purchased, and so yeah, it's no matter how much it seems like what you're doing is legitimized through third party software and support on a platform and so forth. There's no legal rights for streamers, and that I think is something that. that up until this point, might have been fine to go under the the radar, but I think that streamers should should probably uh, organize to 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 get that dealt with because that's a huge body of content that now enters into a legal gray uh, area that you do not want a company like Nintendo to have the ability to to lay claim to to your work because. God forbid they ever decide that it is monetarily in their best interest to, or if they just don't like you, they will, they have the the resources to, to act on that very quickly. And so, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, I, I was really surprised in general to find that streamers have no rights to their content that they create, uh, especially given that how, uh, how, you know, beneficial streamers are to advertising for games. You know, I figured that, you know, that was the trade-off for the company is is that they relinquish the right to that because of the free advertising and that that trade-off for them is is somewhat um, equitable. But needless to say, yeah, there, there is no rights in so, uh, for the streamer. And so, yeah, all those people who were streaming Bungie stuff, I think that they're kind of uh, out of luck now. I don't know. I'm pretty sure they they can appeal their their um any takedowns and I don't know. I I I would hope that YouTube would be aware of something this this um this big happening on their platform, but who's to say that they care? You know what I mean? Like uh 
pretty much. The YouTube's appeal process has always been, um, the creators have always had a problem with it. You essentially, you know, you have no recourse to anything. You can, you know, you, you can use their, their, their system, but whether or not someone gets back to you on the end, it's a problem. And you know it's ineffective because most of the time the way people get it back is by going on social media and letting everybody know yeah. that it's happening. Pretty much. That's how I found out. <laughs> That's pretty much the only way to get it back because the automated system is there to shut shit down rather than, you know what I'm saying? They, it's, it's automated for a reason. They don't want to pay people yeah, to yeah. deal with it. And, you know, that's the fucked up part is, like, look, so few people acknowledge, like, yo, you know that they don't put automated systems there for your convenience. It's definitely not there for your convenience. It's there for their convenience because they don't want to have to deal with you directly. And they're hoping that this frustration will just dissuade you from wanting to deal with it at all. And that's 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 the fucked up part about robo uh, robot uh, answering machines and stuff like that. But yeah, moving on from that, dude, I, I was really, you know, I, I like D.L. Hughley. I find him to be a very smart comedian most of the time. But, you know, he recently has started, uh, I, I guess uh, Kanye started beef with him. Uh, commenting on something of, uh, something of the other. I don't didn't particularly care. But I was surprised to see uh, DL comment back. Now, not gonna lie, DL, D, what DL had to say was very scathing. <laughs> it was scathing. Note you know what self, I mean? Don't insult comedians. Nah, D, especially not DL, because DL gives no fucks, and he <laughs> will go on his platform and he will slander you, slander you, very articulately. And 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 so yeah, he he did so. I personally, I, I find it. Now, I, I'm not talking about money-wise. I'm talking about maturity-wise. I feel like it's a bit of punching down because I, I feel like DL is a grown man, and despite Kanye's age, I don't feel like he's a grown man. And so I don't feel like, it, 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 maturity-wise, I'm speaking, it, it, was, it was necessary for him to do that because, first of all, Kanye has a very deep mental illness. And and we all recognize that. And I think that we all recognize that he probably shouldn't be given a public platform, platform despite society's willingness to, to let himself destruct in public. But nobody's talking. Pete Davidson branded a woman's name on his chest after knowing her or, or after being with her for a few months. That's pretty fucking crazy. You know what I mean? Nobody's calling out his mental illness, but everybody wants to call out Kanye West for being fucked up, and nobody wants to talk about, you know what I mean, this, the 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 kind of weird shit that's going on on the other side. I think it's completely normal for a, ch a father not to want his eight-year-old child on TikTok. And I believe it's very fucking stressful to have to deal with a woman who's trying to monetize your child on TikTok, whether it's her mother or not. That's not crazy. And for 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 DL not to 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 see the nuance of that situation before going off and 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 giving this man verbal haymakers, giving this man such a severe tongue thrashing that I was just like DL, he's dead, bro. Stop. <laughs> like, and it was very poignant and it was salient and all of those things. But this is a mentally ill man going through a, a really tough divorce, and he's trying to deal with his kids and then the dude who's fucking his his wife is some fucking crazy ass dude who is getting her name branded on his chest and taunting you in fucking text messages like 
listen, DL, come on, man. We got to do better than that. There's tons of, it's a target-rich environment. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but it's it's retaliation, man. It's not like he went off him on his own. You know what I mean? Like, True. That shit Kanye was about to happen. You know what I'm saying? That shit was about to happen. Like, unfortunately, it's, yeah. it's always the same. You can't attack people and expect them not to attack back, regardless of what is going on in your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I'm I saying? Agree. Like, yes, it's fucked up what's happening to Kanye, but at the same time, you sw- you hit the hornet's nest. So... You know what I'm saying? To ask the Hornets to now have restraint on you because you're not... Granted, I, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. You are correct, but that's exceptionally idealistic. And yeah, you, not everybody's Big Sean. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, not everybody's not Big Sean. That. A lot of people gave Kanye his leeway. A lot of people allowed Kanye to run his mouth and fucking was like, oh, well, it's Kanye. I'm not going to say nothing. But, you know, but you know eventually you're going to run out of people who do that if you constantly keep also, doing it. Let me not let me not leave this part out because this is and because and DL had every reason to be angry and he's not wrong. You know what I mean? I, and, I, and I don't want to make it seem like I think DL was wrong. I just I, I feel I feel like Kanye, he's a mentally ill person who who did not who have the kind of, you know, I don't know. I, I just feel like. Kanye is not mentally there, but I think that the reason why I justify a lot of DL's anger is because um, Kanye's booty goons tried to roll up on his crib, and that was fucked up, and you don't do that. You don't doxing people with your fucking crazy fans and followers so that they show up to their crib. That's not cool. Especially because, you know what I mean, DL don't live in a community, he don't live in a place where it's safe for your booty goons to do this kind of stuff. Like, they're going to run up in Calabasas, and you're about to get a whole bunch of people in trouble doing some shit that nobody had any business doing in the first place. So I really don't don't support Kanye in that. But that's why I don't—that's why it's, I, 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 I genuinely just choose not to engage with people who are mentally ill. You know what I mean? Because if some people know how to play the, you know, the banter back and forth in public for, you know, for engagement. And some people are genuinely going through some shit, and they're not going to respond well. And that's Kanye. You know, and so yeah, DL ain't wrong. D- I, I, and I probably would act worse than DL in that situation. So I'm not holding him to a higher standard than myself. I'm just pointing out, like, yo, there's a lot of moving parts to this, and that's why the best, the best, uh, the best course of action typically is to disengage with people who aren't sound of mind and who are trying to throw you into, you know, what I'm saying some some mud. That shit ain't it ain't good. But yeah, DL fucking a man. You should you should watch that shit, bro. Like, <laughs> no, I'm familiar with it. Uh, I saw the roasting. It was it was a, it was a pretty epic roast. But um, yeah, that, that's that's all that's been going on in in general and in the entertainment sphere. Uh, so yeah, we had uh, we, and now I'm gonna call it a clown show, not because the nomination of uh, um, honorable Kintaji Brown Jackson is a clown show it's a clown show because the people who are who are partake uh, who are partaking in this um confirmation hearing are absolutely illegitimate the people who are asking this woman questions are illegitimate the amount of dumbass questions because i kept trying to sit down and listen to it but i'd listen to a question or two i'm like this is fucking retarded this is stupid you know what i mean like it, you know it, she didn't break down talking about her days of twerking in the club or anything. You know, not like how fucking uh, 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 Kavanaugh. Uh, Kavanaugh was was talking about his 
days of raping chicks. You know what I mean? Like, you know, there was none of that. You know, she wasn't over there joking with the with the senators and, and, and Congress people like uh, Amy Barrett Cohen was. She was over there laughing and joking about the question. She didn't take any of the questions seriously. Like her confirmation was it wasn't even a clown show. It, it was a complete farce. You know what I mean? But this was, you know, this woman, uh, uh, Miss Jackson, sat there for four days and listened to these fucking, I mean, just dirt bags throw smut on her name because, and, and not even, there was no smut to throw on her name, but to malign her, her, her past act, um, actions as a judge or, uh, um, uh, decisions that she's passed down, you know, saying that she's too soft on defendants as if a judge isn't supposed to consider both sides of the law, the plaintiff and the defendant. Like, it's crazy the kind of shit they were saying to her, you know, and, and it, it was fishing for sound bites. Oh, bro. It was trash league. It was so bad. Um, but then again, you have the, 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 the Democrats on the other side, let me tell you, the genuflecting from Cory Busher was next level. Like, my G, like, you could absolutely laud her and and let her know that you believe she's qualified without going on for 20 fucking minutes. Like, you know Cory Booker is bald. This man's head, you could see the vein in his head fucking pop out for a minute five and for a solid 15 minute this man like a like a like a a pentecostal preacher is singing this woman's praise to the point where there's tears in her eyes like i don't know if she's crying because like it's almost it was almost embarrassing you know what i mean it's like it's like if we're walking out to go out somewhere i'm like yo rico you're my best friend (laughs) boy boy Boy, I love you, my nigga. I love you, dog. Like, I straight up love It's like, yo, my G. Okay. We've known each other a long time. Cool. Got some history. Don't I mean, it, do that. he moved her to tears, though. You know what I'm saying? So, Bro. It's got to be worth something. Six other senators had to yield their time to let his man get his, get his shit off. <laughs> Six other fucking Congress people were like, nah, B. Go in, bro. Go in. Don't stop. Get it. Get it. Like. I thought that that was a little bit much. I mean, it was, but he it's, probably it's thought it was necessary, especially given what she has to deal with. He probably thought it was welcome change. Well, I... And I hate to do this, but... The, the, okay, he was just recent. He literally just put out an interview with Jon Stewart. He just recently went and did a... He's doing, like, a, a publicity tour. And I, and, I, and I hate... I'm not to say that he doesn't genuinely feel a lot of the things he said. But the that was grandstanding for twenty minutes, twenty minutes on a confirmation hearing, is is a little bit absurd, uh, especially when he did he he didn't act, like he barely asked her any questions. I don't want to say he didn't ask her any, but it was it was pretty much eighteen minutes of him, you know what I mean? Like, and and not for nothing, he did. I I do uh, agree with you uh, to some degree that. Not only does she have to deal with that shit and all of the shitty questions and racism that it was clearly present on that panel that day, but it's not clear that other Democrats are going to vote for her. And so, more so than anything, I think he was evangelizing other Democrats and saying, yo, if you don't get behind this one, because technically, technically there is literally, there should be no chance of her not getting confirmed. 
The Democrats, she is a Democratic nominee of a Democratic president. She hits all of the identity uh, uh, politics. She hits all of the, the credentials for qualification uh, for the position. She has more time presiding over public cases than all of the Supreme Courts currently do. Like, it's obvious. And you don't see a groundswell of Democrats outside of the obvious ones that we all know and love already on her side. And we all know already that that is not a winning majority of, of, of Democrats. There are still plenty of Democrats who can turn on them, mainly Manchin and Cinema, who— sin- Listen, they both are in states that believe in that CRT is a thing that's being taught in public schools. So whether, you know, Democrats in Virginia and Democrats in Arizona, they 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 both probably think that oh well, you know, the propaganda around, you know, you know, KBJ being the CRT judge, which, you know, I definitely support giving her the acronym KBJ because they gave RBG you know the the moniker, and she was not. She did not rule very well in favor of of, of women or minorities. Then we definitely gonna hook up. You know, Kentaji with that with that with that K, KBJ moniker. You know, what I mean, you gotta get your your, your initials immortalized when you hit that Supreme Court. But no, um, yeah, you know, the Democrats are not showing out for her like like they should. You know, and this was. The, I really had this is why like I have no problem with the fact that Biden nominated a black woman but I I believe that he made a political mismove by racializing it in the beginning beforehand because there's absolutely nothing wrong with not saying that and still nominating her by by feeling like you have to say that out in public shows that you're speaking to the other side. You're telling the other side that I'm not going to make a fair playing field, that I'm only going to choose amongst... Don't worry. I wouldn't choose a black woman if I could choose a white woman, is what he's telling the other side. And that's not what the message is. That's not the message, you know? And that's why, if you feel that way, just keep it close to your chest. Why? As somebody who has a problem with keeping words in my mouth... For me to recognize that that is a point which, you know, just just sh- just don't say anything and nominate her. Say, yes, it is my nomination. I don't need to curry your favor by saying it's going to be a black woman. I'm just going to make it a black woman. You know what I mean? That way, Republicans can't say that you racialized the nomination beforehand. They can't say that it was an unfair playing field. And she still has the honor of knowing that she as a black woman beat out every other nominee in a field of people. Not just a field of black women. You know what I mean? Like, it's... It, I don't know, man. I really fucking hate the Democrats for making every good thing that could ever come out of what they do. They poison it. You know? And it's... I don't know. I, I, I really hope that she does get her confirmation. Um, McConnell already said... The Republicans already came out and said that they're not. So, it's really down to the the 50 Democrats have to get their shit together. Got to. And they got to get Manchin and Cinema on board. They got to. No, nah, they got to get them out. 
They ain't never gonna be on board. Well, the thing <laughs> is, is that for the we can't get them out before this elect before this vote has to go down. You know oh, what I mean? That's so what you mean. Oh, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm speaking oh, in general. It's oh, a problem. Absolutely, I, they I don't do not deserve. Believe that you can convince those two. Those two are firmly entrenched in the pay me and I'll do what you want category. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> it's it's so clearly they don't give a shit about anything but money. It has nothing to do with Democrat or Republican, or else they would be Republicans. They could probably win in a Republican district. They choose to be Democrats because they don't give a shit. They know that they can parlay this Democratic position to make more money because it's it's all so vapid. You know, there is no real substance to calling yourself a Democrat, so fuck it. Why not just call yourself a Democrat so that you can go and gum up the Senate, you know? But anyway, that's, you know, it's one of those things, like— you know, I, I really hate the fact that that they would that they wouldn't that they can't think that far in advance. Like there there's the politics seems so shallow that they're playing. You know what I mean? Like I totally get it. Like I, I, I and 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 they were trying to use it as as a as a as a um a polling scheme, something to get votes. But it was unnecessary. You know what I mean? It wasn't something that was necessary. And I think it would have been even more powerful if you said, no, I won't promise you to, to, to nominate a black woman and then nominate a black woman because it shows that he was open at all times to whoever was the best nominee. And honestly, this woman is the best nominee. Green, white, or purple. Because I made no promises, but still came to that conclusion. You know what I mean? Like, he don't even know how to present himself. Like, it's, I don't know, man. The, the political matrix that they use is completely alien to me. You know what I mean? It doesn't play on human psychology. It doesn't play on 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 the, the motivations that I typically would think that humans would be, would be uh, utilizing in that thought process. But, yeah, either way, you know, in the end, it'll be interesting to see, to see if... Um, if a they can they can rally the votes, and if they can get some of those good old boys to admit that that you know she's she's a, a viable candidate, but that that's yet to be seen. And uh, I guess we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about what's going on in Ukraine. And boy, Russia is not backing down, and neither is Ukraine. Boy, that shit is it's it's getting ugly. It's getting real ugly, and and it's. It's getting the worst part I think about it is the evolving knowledge of the interworkings of those countries is I, 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 I was much better off not knowing about how Ukrainian politics works and and how deeply right wing and how deeply uh, corrupted the Ukrainian left is, you know, and, and the worst part is, is that the when when um. Zelensky bans all of the left parties. He has very strong um he has very strong uh support in doing so because unfortunately the the ethnic the ethnic um bigotry is so heavy on both sides of the the political spectrum in Ukraine that you know he can very validly call out the ethnic nationalists in either side to the and the things that they have done are 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 
legitimately worthy of getting themselves banned, you know, whether they're left or right. And so the fact that Zelensky chose only to ban the left parties is is worrying because as I was saying before last episode, it's the extremes. You need to deal with the extremes on both sides. You have ethnic nationalists on both sides of the political spectrum. And if you ever want to, to, to unite the, the East and West of Ukraine against this Russian uh, invasion, you're going to have to come close, bring people closer to the center because extremists never fight on the same side. You know what I mean? And so you don't want to promote that in your political spectrum. But I guess that that uh, Zelensky shored up power with the with the extreme right, and so that's why he mobilized to ban the the left parties, and that's not going to bode very well because it's gonna it's gonna be weird because they're the they're they're corporate nationalists, you know, fascists essentially. Corporate nationalists in your government are fascists, so you know, and it's gonna look a lot like how the Republican Party in America is driven solely by big oil, you know, big arms dealers, uh, uh, you know, these big megacorps on the right, the Koch brothers and all of these uh, these big corporations. It's going to be the same thing in Ukraine. And it. I don't know if anyone else needs to hear this, but it's not so great on this end. You know, it, it's not doing too hot for the general population in America. And so... I doubt it's going to do very good for the general population in Ukraine, especially given that Ukraine is 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 relatively more diverse than a lot of people are aware of. And that's scary because, as I've been saying time and time again, there's historical references for these kind of conflicts in these regions. And a lot of time, they result in ethnic cleansing. And furthermore... The more that Zelensky solidifies his power with the kind of factions that are are part of of you know those kind of ideologies, is the more he's going to entrench Russia to or and Putin to continue their onslaught, and that's not how you get to a place of peace through this conflict. You know what I mean? Like it. it feels like they want to have a modern-day war zone perpetuated in the Ukraine for the, for, the, for the foreseeable future, and that's terrible because that's, that's going to equal a lot of dead Ukrainians. And in the end, it's only going to enrich arms dealers, and it's, it's not going— and it still leaves into question the future of the Ukrainian government. You know, like it's gonna be it's gonna be very very bad for a long time if that's the, if that's the way that they're choosing to do this. If they're trying to see if they can generate a a a war zone like Iraq, but in a country of mostly white people, and this is not and you know. It's nice that they're moving on from nations of brown people, but I don't and I don't want to see them find a successful business model doing this in in the middle European countries. You know, turning them into war zones I think is just as bad as turning Iraq into a war zone as turning Yemen into a war zone or Somalia. 
You know, I, I hated that they were they were bombing people that look like me, but I don't want them to bomb people in general. Even if they don't look like me, you know, and and God forbid they take this as a as as a, uh, you know, a proof of concept. You know, if the international community doesn't become and, and this is the worst part is, is that Russia is putting itself in a position that if the international community doesn't severely uh, react to this china's taking taiwan china's fucking yo it's gonna be ugly it's not gonna be nice you know and 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 that one i think is even uh more fraught because i'm pretty sure that, like i i thought we had um well we don't have military bases in ukraine purposely because of the agreements that we've had um the verbal agreements uh between um nato and russia but we have bases in Taiwan, I believe. If China had just decided, hey, we want to take Taiwan because you genuinely can't stop us, that shit would be a whole nother level of escalation, you know? That's, but it would be the next logical step after watching Russia violently take its neighbor, you know? But we'll see because, you know, it, it really does depend on whether on how successful Russia is with this. And and the the international community's um, response, because even if Russia fails to take Ukraine, if the international community handles them with kid gloves and still values their, they, you know, China's just testing the water to or or watching to see if if the international community values their financial ties or their ideological ties, and it's it's I think it's very clear which ones they they value more personally, but China just needs proof, you know, in the pudding, and this is that's what they're getting, you know. They're getting that that hey, if this can be something that corporations can make money through, they will make money through it, and they will they will make money off of the worst parts of it. They'll make their money off of the, off of the blood that's going on. They won't even they won't even try to be you know discreet about it and say that they're making money off the humanitarian efforts. You know, and and and. This is this is another thing that scares the living shit out of me is that, you know, the reason why Zelensky was able to ban those left parties was because they were they they had ethnic nationalists in them, you know, people who subscribe to Nazi ideologies. And then here we are, we're taking in 100,000 Ukrainian um, refugees to America. And I don't I doubt that they're that they're uh, questioning them and asking them if they have ties to this Nazi ideology. Not to mention, America already has a problem with this ideology festering in its own ranks. You know, it's just, I don't know. You know, I'm not saying that there's 100,000 Nazis coming from Ukraine. I'm saying that any amount coming in unfiltered is probably going to be problematic. Especially because America is not a place where that kind of ideology is going to get weeded out. It's going to find a place here. It's going to find some place comfortable to live. Some place that also bolsters and, and reaffirms that ethnic nationalist ideology. And that's not, I don't think that that's good. You know, not to say that we should be expelling them, but you got to you gotta figure out some way to deal with that. You know, especially if, you know, these, these refugees, how much you want to bet that they open up national, they open up citizenship to these refugees faster than they have for any other any other group that's ever been taken in as refugees into this country, they will be offered citizenship. I, I'm, I want to say within 12 months, 
they'll be offering um, citizenship to Ukrainian refugees if this uh, um, if this particular um, conflict continues on, which I don't see and why it wouldn't, you know. And that's that's you know once again shows the the a lot of the clear discrepancies that are that are deeply embedded in American culture when it comes to you know how they they think of themselves and how you know race uh, is actually you know expressed in this country you know it, it it's crazy and it, it's just a it's a macrocosm of what's going on all over the country you know what the way that we deal with with uh the ukrainian refugees is a macrocosm of how we proffer you know uh uh anybody who who can project themselves as white in this country and you know you know it's it's becoming more and more obvious and so i'm just hoping that you know as people become aware of this you know it becomes more and more painstakingly evident you know as the 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 hard evidence comes down the pipe you know not that that's ever been the 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 overwhelming dictator of what people believe in the past but i'm hoping that you know it could start helping people come to 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 better understandings of uh, you know how just really racially disparate this country is you know in in it, it comes so natural it comes so natural and it, you look all over the media look at how the media talks about it the media talks about the ukrainians like these are civilized people how could you attack civilized people it's like nigga, they, war happens in civilized nations all the time not everybody who who lives in yemen is a barbarian not everybody who's in palestine is a barbarian a matter of fact the people in palestine their architecture is pretty fucking amazing you know what i mean like it's it, it's just crazy how they otherize anybody with darker skin and they they just they they immediately extend their 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 whiteness to 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 anybody who around the world who looks like them and it's crazy because you know i I wouldn't even call like what goes on in places like Russia racism as much as it's like ethnic bigotry. Um, it's not about really the color of your skin is that they otherize everyone who is not part of their little caucus area type of thing. But it's all hatred nonetheless. And we got to deal. We got to we have to to identify that or else what we end up doing is just bolstering people to be hateful far away from us. And I don't think that that's what we all we want to do either. You know what I'm saying? But we'll see, man. This whole Ukraine thing is going to uh, to to exposit in a very interesting way, and uh, I think it's very much going to change world politics. I think world politics, um, and not just in the normal way that uh, an incursion like this typically uh, affects uh, a region. It's going to have much larger knock-on ramifications for how the large powers interplay with each other around the world. But yep, we'll, we'll see. Thank you again for joining us, guys. If you enjoyed the show, please feel free to subscribe to us on Anchor.fm or on Patreon.com. You could also follow us on the social media. You can find me on Twitter at Korea underscore T or at Home Heron. You could also find me on Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast. And you can find me on Instagram at RicoGVO. And always remember, guys, time's only wasted if you choose to waste it so learn from your mistakes it's the only thing you ever truly will learn from thanks again for joining us and have a great one guys peace out take it easy